0: Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. Alright, so guys, we have been doing a series on Jesus. I thought I'd get a couple more haulers for that one. We're doing, we've been doing a series on Jesus, there we go, right, Jesus is, uh, man, that's everything, I'm, I'm convinced, it's just, what can you say, man, we'll worship him forever, man, oh. all right, guys, um, so, but we, uh, Dominic and Emily did our series the last couple of weeks, uh, and they did such a great job, it was really awesome, how many of you were here for that? Yeah, super good, you can get on the Crux Cast if you wanna go back and listen to it. Um, <clears throat> so, tonight though, I, uh, man, I don't even know how to say this. This is, gonna be a, this is gonna be an interesting message for me, a fun message for me. This is something that has been uh, like, I don't know the right word, like marinating in my heart for a while or stewing maybe or fermenting. I don't know, you pick your your choice, whatever's the best one for you. But it's been sitting there a while, right? This is one that I didn't like go through and think of like, how do, I, how do I make a message, right? This is one that I've just been, God's been doing it in my life for a couple months now. And my devotional time has just been going back to this same verse over and over and over again. Till I finally, when it was like, let's talk about Jesus, this is all I could think about. And so this message doesn't have, have my clean, you know, point one, point two, point three. So if you're the point notes taker, I love you. I'm one of you. But tonight, that's not going to happen as much, okay? Tonight is much more a heart message. Someone once told me, if you prepare a message for the mind, you'll reach the minds. But if you prepare a message from your heart, you'll reach hearts. And so tonight, my goal is just to inspire and to reach hearts and just ignite us on fire for Jesus tonight and so tonight's message is called igniting Jesus okay and and I I, I uh, yeah give me grace as I walk through because I'm very much just kind of spilling out a heart message and you're just getting a glimpse into my secret time with the Lord. Okay. That's why it's messy and it's raw and it's real kind of a thing. Okay. So give me grace as I kind of fumble through this. All right. And I'm hoping just even if a piece of what God's been doing in my heart with it over the last couple months gets into you, I'll be super stoked. Okay. But it's about igniting Jesus. But basically, uh, one part of the, my message that is pretty much the same as always is, uh, I have a story for you, right? That, that's something I can always do, right? I love story, story time with Taylor, right? Okay, so basically, this message, though, is also a message I don't, I don't think I've ever shared it publicly. Maybe Dominic knows it. I don't even know if he knows it, right? Right? Um, and so I'm, I was excited when the Lord, I pray about what story should I share. And this one came to mind. I was like, wow, that was a long time ago. Basically, there was this was years ago. This is like six, seven years ago. It was right when I had kind of moved home from living overseas and came back and was kind of figuring things out. And basically I was just hungry for the kingdom of God. I was hungry to see God move uh, in our region and through my life. And I just so badly was like, Jesus, give me your heart for people. I wanna love people the way you do. And so I would just go around and I would ask for words for people. People. and I still do this. Uh, I have times stories I never share with anyone of just me and God blessing someone, praying for someone. You should have a secret history with God you've never shared with anyone and you die and it goes to you and God in heaven that's it. And God's like, that was just ours. Right? Like husband and wife, like we have stories that are just ours. You should have that with Jesus. Right? If, if the minute I do a testimony I run to tell people, it's kind of like, wait, no, that was, that was special. That was ours. You know? Right? And so, so I ask a lot of times if I should share a testimony with someone. But this one, uh, I apparently held it in for like six seven years and it's coming out now. I came out of Walmart and uh, I I saw the guy, you know the guys who they're always like, hey donate something and they got a little box and they're sitting there and sometimes they have a bell or not and a lot of times if you're like in a rush or you pretend you're in a rush you're like I'm good, sorry, you know, right you guys know you know those, those people, right there was one there, he was sitting there And I just felt like, you know, I'm going to bless this guy. I'm going to be the one dude who listens to him, right? (laughs) Like I was just walking by. I'm going to listen to him and I'm going to bless him. I'm going to give him a word. So he was a homeless guy. Okay, he was pretty mangy looking. Like you could tell he was like fresh off the streets, homeless guy, right? He had a glass eye and it wasn't like a a glass eye that kind of was like trying to look like a normal eye. It was just glass like all the way across, like just white, right? So he was pretty gnarly looking, right? But super friendly and super nice. And I said, hey man, I just want to tell you Jesus loves you. And he's like, thanks. I just want to tell you, you're amazing. You have value. And I was just trying to like speak life over this man. Right. And then he's like, oh, that's so great. Thank you. Thank you, brother. I'm a believer too. And then he's got this bag of McDonald's just sitting. He's kind of a bigger dude. And he's got this bag of McDonald's sitting on him as well. And then he's talking to him. He's like eating as I'm like trying to prophesy over him. Right. And then finally he does this and he's like, you know, son, and he gets this like preacher voice on all of a sudden, you are like, oh, okay. He's like, the Lord has a word for you, my son. And I was like, Okay, <laughs> like the tables have turned, right? Here we go. And he says, and he pulls out this thing of french fries. Do you know the story? Yeah, I don't think I've shared this. If anyone knows, it, it'd be Dominic. So I'm like, I don't think I'm sure. This is it. He pulls out a thing of French fries, and it's like the McDonald's, like the bouquet French fries, where they like they go up and then they come down, right? And there's one standing straight up, and he says, "The Lord says this is like you. He has set you apart among your brothers, you know." And he starts, and I was like, "What?" And he's like, "And as this fry is taller than the rest, the Lord has raised you up to be a leader in this generation." It's like the Lord, he, he said, others have bowed and others have fallen to things of this world, but you have stand firm in the Lord and I'm like what the heck is going on and then no, guys Okay, then he goes and he puts his hand in the bag he pulls it out he pulls out ketchup and he like rips it and he's like and he starts to pour it on the ketchup. He's like, and the Lord says He chose you because you are covered by the blood of Jesus. <laughs> and he and he starts to pour it out on the French fry, and the French fry starts to bend under the weight. And he says, and the Lord chose you as a leader because you had bowed underneath the lordship of Jesus. You have been covered by His blood. You have been washed, and it's like, and, it, and it, the French fry is like bowing under the power of the ketchup, right? <laughs> right? And he's like, you have humbled yourself before the Lord, which is why He's chosen you to be a leader. And then and then the French fry was still taller than all the other French fries, but it was like over with ketchup, but it was still taller. And he's like, and you in a bowed state before God will still be higher than all the others and your brothers. He's like, because they need to see humility. They need to see what it looks like for a leader to bow before the Lord. He's like, and he will you." and he's like, I'm telling you, it's crazy. He's like, and he will raise you up. He is going to use you, he's going to, right, because you're not afraid to bow in public. You're not afraid to surrender in public. And the Lord says, I can trust you as a leader because you will bow before me and that people will look to you as you're giving it all to Jesus, right? And oh, so they're like, like, there's a one-eyed homeless prophet walking around North County. Like, what in the world, right? And i just like, what? what is going on? I wasn't in ministry at all. Oh, I got to get some water, man. I wasn't, I wasn't in ministry. I was like just coming out of ministry. I didn't know what was going to happen. Man, the fire's hit me again, man. I need the water. No. So, did you know that story? Six years later, and he, and, he, and he reaffirmed the calling on my life. He said, the Lord says, you are called, and you'll be called into ministry. I left way more blessed. Then I'm like, man, I wish I'd give him a better word. I'm like, you're loved. And he's like, boom. Never looked at french fries the same, man. Right? Okay. I didn't expect a word. <laughs> Beware the one eyed prophet walking around. Just tell you, stop for him. Stop for him. Sometimes we just walk right by angels, I think, right? And he was, the Lord is waiting to get us, right? Stop for homeless people. You have the greatest conversations you can have, right? All right. I didn't expect a word. All I wanted was to just touch Jesus' heart for this man. And I ended up getting the overflow. I got wrecked. And I was just trying to, to bless him. I was trying to touch. I was, I was saying, God, give me your heart for this man. And I got, I got blessed. And all <laughs> you guys see, the goal wasn't for me to get this huge word or anything like that. The goal was I just wanted to move with Jesus' heart. That was my goal and touching Jesus his heart for this man was my reward right before anything else came and i want to share a story tonight that's i think pretty raw and real in the bible about a woman who risked it all just to move the heart of jesus just to ignite his heart and so go with me to mark 5:22 starting 22, we're going to go to 34. Many of you heard this story, and I'm hoping to bring another side of it. This, this story begins with Jesus. He comes off a boat, and there's a synagogue leader. He's like the local church leader. Everyone knows him, okay? And his name is Jairus, okay? And he basically oversees the temple, the, syn- the synagogue, all of that kind of stuff in the area. And, and so everyone who knows him, he's pretty popular. His daughter is 12 years old, and she's dying. And he runs up to Jesus and says, Jesus, come with me. Please, and he humbles himself. It's awesome. He humbles himself for Jesus. And he says, Jesus, come heal my daughter. Heal my daughter. And so he, Jesus says, okay, let's go. And Jesus basically uh, starts to, to walk after towards the man's house, okay? And it says this in verse 22. That's where we start. It says, then the leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him, my little daughter's dying. He said, please come lay your hands on her, heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him. And all the people followed, crowding around him. Um, in Luke, it's the, same, it's the parallel passage. It's a retelling of the same story. It says that as Jesus went, the people pressed around him. So it wasn't just crowding. It was a pressing in. The word pressed, it's used only four times in the scriptures. One right here. The other three times are all three in the parable of the seeds and the sower. When it says that the thorns choked out the words of God, choked out the plant. Remember that story? It says that the thorns grew and they choked him out. It's only used three times in that parable and one time right here. So this is not like, oh, it was crowded. This is like they were choking him out from what he was trying to get to. I need to heal Jairus' daughter, but I'm literally prevented, choked out, can't get through. This crowd is pressing in on me, right? And they're preventing him from getting to the place he wants to go. Just like the thorns choked out the thing from, take, from growing, okay? Okay, it says a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she'd gotten worse. She, she gave it all away, still didn't get healed. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed in her ter- of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that the, he- the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and he said, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing in, choking you, right? Look at this crowd choking around you. How can you ask who touched me? It's like every person was touching him and he was like, oh, I can't move. And he's like, what do you mean who touched you? Like, what? And she's like, who touched me? And like, everyone's pushing in on him, right? He's like, what do you mean who touched you? But he kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Man, thank you, Jesus. You see, guys, in the midst of getting choked out because everyone is touching him, crushing him, a single woman, she doesn't even touch him. She actually touches, it says, the corner of his robe, the corner of his garment. And tradition tells us, so I'm actually brought this here. Aaron, you're going to like this. Right here, check this out. All right. So this here, this is what he would have been wearing. This is what rabbis wore, teachers wore, okay, everything like that. Okay, right here, this is the part, this is the corner. This is where she says, I have to touch this. The corner of his garment would have been this part right here with this tassel coming down. She says, if I can just touch that, it's on him, right? He's got it around his head, it's on him. She comes up behind him, says, like, if I can just grab onto that, I'll be healed. I know it, okay? This is what, what she grabs onto, okay? And then instantly Jesus felt healing power get pulled out of him, ignited and fired out of him, okay? Without him even trying, he didn't even like know. I know as God, you know, he knows, right? But like, he, he seems surprised, you see, this, is, this has never happened to him before. Every other time someone gets healed, he releases it, he says, be healed. This is the only time where he's walking and it's almost like, whoa, who touched me? <laughs> like, he's like, whoa, like did anyone else feel that? <laughs> you know, like, like it got pulled, the power of God got pulled out of him. He didn't give it permission. He didn't say, be healed. He got whoop, pulled out of him. And he's like, whoa, that's never happened before. Who did that? And he's like, I have to meet this person who pulled power out of me when I didn't say they could, right? They're like, I have to meet this person. Who did that? Who are you? And the disciples are like, everyone's touching you. What are you talking about? He's like, no, 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 right? See, when Jesus said, who touched me, he uses this Greek word, hapto. And this is what's been just rocking me lately. Hapto, the Greek word, it means to fasten and to adhere to, but specifically to fasten like a fire fastens to a wick. It specifically means a fire igniting, lighting, starting a wick or a candle or whatever it is. And the, the word to touch, it's the same word he uses when it says, who lights a candle. The word light for light a candle, it's the word to touch. Same word. It says, who ignites a candle and heights it? This is what he says. He doesn't say just who touched me. He says, who ignited me? Who, who I'm like a wick and who put fire on me and pulled the power out? Like launched, like you put a fire on a cannon and then it, boom shoots out, right? Who grabbed onto my tassel and boom, my power came out. He's like, who ignited me? And then the disciples use a different word. They're like, what do you mean everyone's choking on you? They use the, a different word for touch. He says, no, 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 no. Who ignited my heart? Who ignited my power? Who ignited me? I have to meet the person who ignited me right? And how did an entire crowd rub shoulders with Jesus, pressing on, grab onto him, blocking him? How did the entire crowd choke him with their crowding and not a single person actually touched him? How did all these people touch him, but like no one actually touched his heart? No one actually ignited him. All these people coming for all these different reasons, crowding around him, and only one person actually touched him. Hundreds choked him. One ignited him. And I've been just so like brought to tears lately in my quiet time with God of God. Like, which one am I? Which category am I in? Because often I see you in the room and I think we're good because I see you moving. Often I'm near you, but am I igniting you? Am I I pulling you into your destiny even further? Am I igniting your heart? Or, Or do I just constantly throw my worries and troubles and fears at you all the time and choke you from what you're trying to do in my life? How often do I make Jesus about me to where he's having a hard time getting to Jairus, getting to somebody else? He's like, Taylor, I want to go minister to that person. I'm like, yeah, but God, I'm tired. God, I'm having a bad day. God, all of my worries, all all of, I can't minister until you first touch me, right? And there's a level I want to be careful because it, it does. God loves us first. God touches us first. It's only from that place can we do it. But sometimes I think we can swing too far to where we make all of Christianity about us. Am I the one in the crowd who chokes Jesus out from what he's trying to do in the room? because I'm so obsessed with crowding him with all of my stuff. That, that he's like, I, I, I wanna go, I'm trying to go this way, Taylor. And I'm like, no, no, but, but me, my stuff, my worries, I, I need you to fill me up. I need you to minister to me. I need you to touch me. Worship is, I can't, I'm not gonna raise my hands unless I feel like it. Like, you need to minister to me. And I just wonder, like, man, how many times do I rub shoulders with him and yet never actually touch him? It's possible to make him a celebrity and have a backlog of all these cool conferences and testimonies and stories of what you've seen him do. And it's good. It's so good. And I want more of it in my life. So don't don't hear me wrong. It's so good. But it needs to come second. Just because you have a bunch of cool conferences you've been to where you saw Jesus move doesn't mean you've ever actually touched his heart. Just because you've been in, a, in crux or in church and you've seen people get healed or you've listened to the sermons or you've done certain things, right? Doesn't mean you've actually ever ignited him. And I've been so convicted by this. He's moved my heart. Have I moved his heart? He's ignited my life. Do I live a life that ignites him? So often we think we're moving Jesus, but it's actually just because he moved us and we feel better. So often I think I ignited him, but it's just because I got out what I wanted. Do I hang out in the same room and yet never touch him? This has been my question. When did we make Christianity about what Jesus can do for us as more important? Am I part of the crowd? Or am I part of the group that ignites him? What if Jesus has a dream for North County? But what if everyone is so obsessed with God, I need you to pay my rent. I need you to get me the job. I need you to get me through college. I need you to bring me the wife and the husband. I need you to do, I need you to do this. And we're crowding him with all these things and they're good things. It's okay. The Bible says to cast your worries before the Lord. Absolutely. So do that. But it should come second, I believe, to first, what is, Jesus, what is your dream for North County? How many of us grab on faith Fasten our lights like fire to a wick to the dreams of God in our region or in our life. When was the last time I surprised him with my faith? Have I ever touched his heart in a way where he was like, whoa, Taylor just pulled something out of me. I wasn't expecting him doing that, right? Like, I I love that, right? Right? When was the last time when things are happening, ministry's going on, and then I, I, may, I cry out to Jesus in a way where he's like, whoa, you just accelerated me. I w- Jesus was trying to, to go heal someone, and then the healing got brought way sooner. She actually pulled, accelerated what he was trying to do closer with her faith of grabbing onto him. Am I someone who surprised him and pulls heaven down to earth, right? She grabbed the corner of Jesus's rope. This is this part again, Okay. The corner of his robe right here, okay? Oh, wait, the other side. This art right there, okay? The corner, okay, um, there's different parts, different names on this thing. One's the the Kanaf, okay? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but Kanaf, okay? Um, and then this is called, oh, man, it's like T-Z-I-T, T-Z-I-T. It's like z or something like that. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, but but the kanoff here, okay, it's it's when they say it, the, the kanoff, it's one thing is the garments or, or or kind of this this what we're looking at part of it, okay? But it's it's the prayer shawl is the word. But it's the same word for wings. And so when it says in the Old Testament in Malachi, it says that, but for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Healing in his Prayer shawl is kana. Same word. When he says take refuge under the shadow of my wings, he's actually saying this. Come in here. It's not, he's not saying he's a giant bird. Come in. He's like shadow of this. It's the same word. Wings is the same word here. The same, this is the part where Ruth when, with Boaz, she says, hey, spread the corner of your covering over me. It was the same spot. When she says, if I can just touch the corner of his robe, I know I'll get healed. Because that's what the Old Testament Malachi, it says, if you touch the kanaf, there's healing in it. And it said, the son of righteousness will rise with healing his wings and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves led out to pasture. She's like, I need to be free. I need to touch the corner of his garment. And so she runs to grab this part right here this part right here the zizi or whatever it's called it Aaron you can correct me <laughs> yeah all right this part right here, there it represents a bunch that's a whole nother teaching but but ultimately uh, uh elementary summaries it represents like the name of God it's sown in a specific way but it represents his covenant his promise God's name Yahweh what he stands for the covenant to his people his dreams for Israel and the people that's what this represents and so when she says, if I can just grab a hold of his covenant, his dreams, his, his purpose for the people, his name over us, if I can grab onto that, like fire grabs onto a wick, it's gonna ignite me and I'll get healed. Because that's what, that's what it says in Malachi. I know if I can just cling like fire onto him, if I can grab onto his dreams, I know that the overflows, I'm gonna get healed. By grabbing onto his desires first, his name, his promises, who he is first, my dreams will flow. But, but second, it comes after I grab on to his. That was, that's not the purpose. Thank you, God. See, the greatest desire of my heart has always just been to move God's heart, just to touch him, to love him, to fulfill his dreams. I think so many of us Christians, we get off. Somewhere along the way, we got lost and we became selfish in our Christianity. And we have the audacity to think it's about us. This sounds weird, but you are not the main character of your own story. You're not the main character of your life. Jesus is the main character. And I'm just a supporting role to give him glory it's not like my life me i'm the protagonist i'm the main character and jesus is a really helpful supporting character right like he really helps. it's like no 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 no. all of things from genesis through revelations it's all points every prophecy in the old testament everything in life the timeline it all points to him and if if i get to heaven and i watch the the story of jesus on the biggest screen you can think of in heaven right oh man if I just get a cameo, I'll be stoked, right? Jesus moving, and I just come to the screen, and I'm like, right? And point to him, and then I'm gone. That's it. That's great. I fulfilled my purpose. Like, like, uh, oh, we are just a little blip of a cameo on the story of who Jesus is. In your life, you are not the main character. The purpose of your birth is to point glory to Jesus, to point to his dreams, his dreams for your life. I'm a, I'm a big dreamer and I encourage people to dream. I, I seriously I'm always asking people what are your dreams? What do you want to do? Because I believe the heart of God is a dreamer. And as you get closer to the heart of God, dreams begin to ignite inside of you, right? And so if you if you can't dream, you gotta get closer to the heart of God. So he ignites dreams inside of you, right? So I'm a big dreamer. I'm just gonna name off some of you because that they, they, they they're they're just impossible without Jesus, right? But I, I just I'm believing God for a million things. I wanna preach to thousands of people and see just millions of people get saved in the kingdom. I, I want I want to adopt a, a whole bunch of kids so that the Jensen name has all the nations represented inside of it, right? Like like people look at who? What is that group? And it's like, oh, this is one family, the Jensen clan, right? This is like like that's the goal, right? Like I I, I want to start orphanages. I, I want to go to fifty nations. I've only been to twenty, and I'm like not even halfway there. I want to go to fifty nations in my life. I dream of leading worship for for masses of people. I dream of writing music. I dream of being an author. I dream dream of leading a movement i dream of seeing revival real revival not just a meeting like like the city changes these are my dreams just a small portion of them i'm a big dreamer and yet i would throw out every single one of them to fulfill one of his dreams because if i get all of these dreams and i just rubbing shoulders with him but i never actually touch his heart it was it was worthless I'd give it all up just to fulfill one of his dreams for my life. I'd give up sometimes where Jesus is like, Hey, my dream for you, like with me, he's like, I want you to be a youth pastor. I was like, No, I'm called to be a missionary. <laughs> this is my dream, God. Africa, that's my dream, God. I want to be in the nations. And he's like, No, my dream. And I he was choking. I had to fight him for a long time until finally I gave in. I followed his dream for my life, right? Same with Crux. At first I was like, no, I don't, no, I'm not, I can't, right? And it was his dream for me. And I laid down my dreams to say, okay, God, I'll pick up yours. What if I said, God, I'm going to grab onto your dreams, your covenant, the the tassel, the cord, I'm going to grab onto you. I'm going to use my life to ignite your covenant, your dreams, you. That's what I'm going to grab onto. God I want your dreams over my life if I never get the wife if I never get the kids if I never get the stadium if I never get any of my dreams but I just ignite one of yours then it was all enough and it was it all had purpose and I've been so convicted about how I've made faith about me because so often we just say, oh God, and we're like mourning. Lord, you haven't brought her or him yet. And we're just mourning. Why won't the Lord bring them to me? I just want to be a father or a mother, right? Oh, and we like spiral our whole life. Or, why can't I get the job? Why can't I get the degree? Why can't I get the, you name it, you fill it in. Your God, why will you fulfill my dreams, right? And we make it all about our dreams. Are any of them his? Let's go after his first. And he's so good, often it'll overflow and fulfill yours, and she got her healing. But a lot of times, we'll, we will even do this uh, with prayer. Our prayer life looks so much like, God, I need you to do this for me. God, I need you to give me rent. God, I need you to, to heal me. God, I, and they're good prayers. They really are good prayers. But they should come second. After, God, I adore you. God, I love you. God, I want to minister to your heart. God, you're beautiful. God, you're amazing. God, and we're ministering to him like 80, 90% of it. And at the end, we're like, yeah, and if you could help me with rent too, that'd be great. But if rent never comes, i can use my prayer time to ignite your heart, to move it over a region, to move the heart of God. What if I ministered to him? You realize in the, The Jewish culture back in Israel with the temple, they were full-time paid staff and they didn't lead worship for people. They were alone with the band in a room worshiping to God. They were full-time paid staff to worship and minister to him and his heart, right? It's like this band up here wasn't for you guys. You leave the room and they're still giving it everything they got, saying, you're worthy of it all. We love you. That's that's what the worship team was for, full-time paid artists (laughs) for that, never to be seen, just to worship Jesus, worship God. But so often we've made worship about us. We come in through those doors, and we're just carrying all this junk from the day, right? And we're like, I need you to fill me up, God, I need you. And these aren't bad prayers, but why do we make them first? We're like, oh, God, I'm just in a grumpy mood. God, I'm stressed. God, I'm tired. God, I don't feel like engaging. Oh, and I've heard so many people just talk about, and I've done this, we've all done this. Like, oh, I don't know, I really, that singer's voice, I really just, I don't know, that was really hard to engage, you know? And it's like, wow, when did worship become about your preference on somebody's voice? You know, or they're like, oh, I don't really connect with that song. Wow, I didn't know worship was about you connecting with songs. I thought it was about you connecting with God, right? Like, oh, oh, man, if we sing reckless love one more time, I've sung this 50 million times in the last two months, right? I this song again, right? And if we have that attitude, then obviously you don't understand his reckless love because if you did, you'd be tears on your knees crying out again, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending reckless love of God, right? You'd be giving it all, but we're like, oh, here we go again the ninety-nine, right? (laughs) I couldn't earn it. It's like, you don't even believe what you're singing anymore, man. You're just on autopilot. Like engage with his heart. It's about him. It's about worshiping him. It's about igniting him. It has nothing to do with your preference. It has nothing to do if you like the song. It has nothing to do. We can do repeat, reckless love for a million years and we can get a deeper revelation about the love of Jesus, right? Oh, but man, we've made worship about us. You can't kill a worship song. Oh, we've killed it. We've killed that thing. We have killed that thing dead. We have played that so many times. And then you bring a song back from the old, You're like, oh, they resurrected it. It's like, no, come on, guys. like, this is worship for God. Come on, right? I only want, oh man, I just, sometimes people have said to me like, yeah, I just, I couldn't engage in worship and it's just like, man, that's that's not on God, that's on you. Real worshipers, if we sang Mary had a little lamb whose fleece was white as snow, right? It'd be like, revelation, Mary, the lamb of God, oh my gosh, right? It doesn't matter what the song is. It's about Jesus and worshiping him. I only want my dreams if they're God dreams. I only want them if they ignite his heart. I want to live a life if they ignite him. I only want to get married if my marriage will ignite God's heart. And if it's for him and gives him greater glory. If my marriage is for me, it's doomed to be a failed marriage, one. But two, oh man we would just crowd around Jesus with all the worries of our marriage and never actually touch his heart with it. If I have kids, I want it to be because he gets greater glory out of the story of me being a father. If I adopt kids, it'll only be out of the place of him getting the greater glory because they look at my family and say, yeah, this is actually for Jesus. Like every dream has to come in alignment for him and his glory to ignite him. At the very end, I'm kind of wrapping up here. I love this. Jesus says to so the woman who caught him, who ignited him, the only person who did that, who ignited him. He says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. You know, that's the only time Jesus calls someone that, that word he used right there, and he says, daughter, right here. You see, bleeding like that made a woman ritually unclean, which means she couldn't go into the temple which was the place where you sacrificed, which was the place where you connected with God. And for this woman, for 12 years, she couldn't go in the temple, which means for 12 years, it was, it was told to her, God's not hearing your prayers. For 12 years, she was isolated. For 12 years, she, no one would touch her. If she touched people, they'd become unclean. So for 12 years, it was illegal for her to walk around touching people, and she's pushing through a crowd to get to him. Like she's risking getting it massively in trouble, basically like stoned or killed or forever outcasted because she's making all these people unclean in a moment, right? And, and she was meant to tell people and say, I'm unclean, don't touch me. She, this is her identity. She's living, she spent her money, her life. She gave everything. Like I said, she was the, the outcast. And what's crazy is Jesus is going to save Jairus' daughter, the temple synagogue leader. And she was the one not allowed in Jairus' synagogue. It would have been Jairus' job to make sure she didn't come in. And yet, they're going to get his daughter and Jesus stops for the one person that Jairus is like, no, she can't come in. Jesus stops for her. And Jairus is like, my daughter's dying. And he says, hold on, daughter. And he shows the whole crowd, this is my daughter. You know that daughter, Jairus, that's caught, that ignites your heart? This one's mine. You know that daughter that's causing you to like freak out and like we have to go save her? This is how I feel about her right now. And I will stop everything to get down and say, daughter, it's okay, I'm here now. You know how your daughter ignites your heart, Jairus? That's what she does to mine. Maybe Jairus would look at her differently and let her in the temple after that. If she's the one person Jesus said, you're my daughter. She ignites me. She stops me in a crowd. She touches my heart. And I stop for my daughters. I stop for my sons because they move my heart. Yeah, Patrick, could you just put on some worship music? Lord Jesus, we come before you right now. We just want to touch your heart, oh God. God, I'm sorry for the way we've made Christianity about us. The way we said it's about me getting saved and going to heaven. When actually it's about you getting your bride. We've said it's about me getting my dreams. But it's actually about you, Jesus, getting your horse. Somewhere along the way, Jesus, we got lost. And rather than igniting your heart, we've become a crowd that actually chokes you from getting to where you wanna go. We've choked you with all our formulas we put you in or all the things we said you have to do. And if, and if this is you, God, then you have to do this. And, and we've, we've had the audacity of getting angry at you for not fulfilling our dreams the way we thought they should be fulfilled. How like, oh, I know you understand and you're such a loving father and you're, you're so good, God. But, but man, sometimes I just say, how dare we do that? And I I know you're the one who says you cast worries on you, and we do right now. We give you all of our worries. We give you. We surrender it all to you. But God, I just ask that that would become second. That first we'd adore you, and then we'd give you our worries. First we'd worship you, and then and then we would tell you what's going on. First we would make it our life about you, God. I'm sorry for making myself the main character of my own story. I'm sorry, God, for for not looking to you first, for running to the things of this world. For thinking that just because I'm in a crowd of people following Jesus, that means I'm close to you. And man, I was wrong. I don't want to rub shoulders with you, Jesus. I want to touch your heart. I want to ignite you with my life, God. God, we as a people, we come before you. We say ignite us so that we can ignite you. Stir our passion so we can stir yours, God. God, we surrender our dreams right now to you. Our dreams of ministry or our dreams of a family or our dreams for a wife or for a husband or, or sons and daughters. God, our dreams of, of the right career or being authors or being musicians or, or, or in plays or business or starting or whatever the dream is, right now we say that dream is not as important as your dream for us, God. It's not as important as your dream for North County, your dream for our lives. And so tonight, we give in, God. We surrender. We say we're sorry for choking you, for quenching you, Holy Spirit. When you said, I want to minister, and we said, but I'm too tired. But I don't feel good. When when you said it's time to worship, and I and I said, oh man, no, I need you just to fill me. When you said you were releasing joy and it's time to dance, and we said, I'm not a dancer, whatever. Or when you said, lift your hands or bow down, and we said, no, there's people, it'll look awkward, I don't want to do that. God, in all the ways we disengage with your spirit just for our momentary desires. Would you create a fresh passion to ignite your heart? to touch you, we long to touch you, we long to touch you, we don't want to get to heaven and find out we never actually touched you, Jesus, man, but we also know we can't touch you unless you touch us first. So would you come right now and touch? Right now, God, I ask that you would ignite the wicks of our heart with your fire. Would you ignite us so we can ignite you, Jesus? Ignite us, God. Would we be your burning ones? Oh, Jesus. I want to invite you guys. um, Like I said, tonight, I didn't have points. It's just raw. So I want to invite you to take a moment and just get raw before the Lord. I just, I just let you watch me pray. These are prayers for my secret place. I just give you a window of what my prayer life looks like. Where I just ramble on and who cares how long it is. You take a moment and you get raw with God. You tell him how you're feeling right now. Tell him what's going on. Tell him how much you adore him, how much you love him, how much you want to be with him. I want to tell you there's freedom. You can move around the room. You can stand up. You can lay down. You can get on your face, but just get to a posture where you're saying, God, I I want to ignite your heart. I want want to love you. I'm sorry. Get into a posture of repentance that says, I'm sorry, God, for the, the way I made it about me. we're just going to sit in this for a second and let the worship music play. I want to encourage you guys just to minister to his heart. Just tell him how much you love him. Minister to his heart. God, I ask that you would get glory out of our lives. Would we be the secondary characters in our own life? Would it first be you? it be all about you? Would it be for you, through you, because of you, Jesus? And so today we just say we grab onto your heart. We fasten our lives to you like flames to a wick. And we say, ignite us, Jesus. Would our lives ignite you? I ask that you would raise a faith in us so much that it surprises you. I ask that no one in this room would be a part of the crowd. But that we would be like this woman, your daughter. Who touched your heart. And I thank you. These are all sons and daughters in the room. And they already have access to your heart because you're a good father. So today, like any marriage, that's a two-way street of this is what I want, but I want to know what your dreams are. Like a marriage that says, I'm willing to lay down my dreams for yours. We say today, Jesus, we're willing to lay down our dreams for yours. Show us what they are and how we can be faithful to bring them to pass. We love you, Jesus we adore you come come in north county come in our lives flow through us to change this world jesus we're just going to have um, some worship music playing in the background for a little while and you're free we're going to be we're officially done for the night thank you guys for coming out and thank you for listening just to our a window of my secret place with god just so it was raw i know but like thank you and just feel free to stay you can worship you can get on your face you can pray if you want prayer myself and maybe a couple of leaders we can be up here if you need prayer but let's just stay in this place of just worship by touching his heart for a little while longer thank you for listening to the crux podcast sermon of the week Be sure to visit SummitSanMarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.